Happy Valentine's Day, faniners. It's the last day of Singles Week, and we have brought to you an old classic, Sweaty Angle. And with me here today is Michael. Yep, it's just me this time. This is the first time I've ever heard you call any of our fans faniners. Is that just like how we're going to refer to them now as? I, I, I believe J- Jacob was the first one to say it, and on the t- as I've been tweeting out, I've been using faniners, so... Huh. Okay. I'm a, this is like the first time I've been hearing it. It's like, I guess it's just my Twitter feed is too long. Man, Valentine's Day. It's just the two of us. Nothing can get more homoerotic than this. Yeah, don't get any ideas. No, it's okay. You're not my type, Sergio. Thank you, I guess. But, I mean, at, at least we'll we'll find out uh, who our dates are going to be because we're bringing back the, the, the good old classic. Sweaty. Oh, yes. Uh, did you actually see it's now our most watched episode? It beat Gur and Jesus. Oh, my. I mean, well, to be fair, like that's it's partly is because of, you know, Jello Apocalypse writing this alongside Plaster Brain. So like, you got you got the star power there. And on top of that, you also got, you know, some crazy Nintendo stuff in here. Everyone likes Smash Brothers. So why not? Oh, yes. This and I think Tails Gets Trolled tends to be like, like, it'll be like, like, like if I'm looking at like the anchor statistics, it'll be like whatever just like came out. And then it'll just be like Tails Gets Trolled and like Sweaty Angle. <laughs> we can't beat the, the two powerhouses of Fanon. Sweaty angle and tails gets trolled, which started our trend of using random noises as sensors. I can't even remember that up. Ep- like, like a lot of our earlier episodes, I don't remember. I I don't remember that episode being a banger. But hey, if people are watching and they like it, good. I mean, if you think the episode's a banger, that 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 that's good. That's good on you. Yeah, I mean, it's a little it's a little hard because it's a it's all a comic. But I think a lot of it just comes from like. Tails gets trolls notoriety, mm-hmm. so I think that's partly why it's so viewed. My other thing is like I, I'm thinking that because like again, stardom with sweaty angle, this one this case is just like internet notoriety. It's just like that's that's kind of all how Tails gets trolled is like skyrocketed. But that's neither here nor there. We need to talk about self insert week. We gotta we gotta wrap this up. With a nice, wonderful little bow. Uh, yes, and with that, uh, we go into Jello Apocalypses and Plaster Brains' sweaty angle, uh, chapter six, which is where I believe we left off because we got to like chapter five and then started hopping around. So we'll do just start at six. Which is yeah, called... we. I mean, we certainly stopped. Uh, I know we read the Little Mac one. Yeah. Chapter six. I met a knight. Reader X met a knight. Name was finding this was not her day. In addition to the supposatory Little Mac had lodged somewhere deep in her pancreas, she was now blind. Either that or it was dark. One of the two. When her sensory organs overcame the shock and pain of a horny knockout punch, the she noticed that whatever claustrophobic inky black pit she found herself in smelled vaguely of cardboard and cigarettes. I don't remember this room, she said. Hey, get out of here, gruffed a grizzled voice. She turned her head, neck still lodged to the floor. 
to see the lit end of a well-smoked cigarette poking out of the mouth of Matt. I mean, Solid Snake. You're jeopardizing the mission. Snake. Name exclaimed, an exclamation mark popping above her head and tipping over the box the two of them were concealed under. She winced at the sudden brightness of the white, sterile room. What are you doing here? I thought you were fired. Keep quiet. They'll hear you. Snake hushed, pushing a finger to her lips, no longer swollen. Who'll hear us? Name whispered, getting in on the act. She had never talked to Snake before and wanted to think she was cool. She only knew him from the wall of shame that hung outside President Hand and Vice President Crazy Hand's joint office. She recalled the placard there said something about him being fired as a direct result of the turnip incident. Bah, this mission's already been compromised. I'm pulling out. That's just the last thing Nick wanted to hear at this point. This fanfiction wasn't going well at all. Snake and his pert ass wobbled out of the room, leaving Name alone. The room was filled end to end with rooms, sorry, rows upon rows of mannequins that resembled blank me fighters. Name had never been in this room, probably a secret or something. Time to see what she could steal. She wandered over to a box of accessories, frisking gloves and hats meant to adorn the Mies or feed amiibos. It must be gross to eat this stuff, she thought, picking raw egg from her teeth. Suddenly, one of the masks she touched jostled and popped and out popped. Meta Knight! MK! She cried, using a nickname she had just that second made up. It was kind of her thing, making up nicknames. MK scowled at her. You are disturbing my slumber, he croaked. Nick offered to sleep with him to make up for it, and she found herself smash-moved onto her back, onto her butt back out in the hallway. Next chapter, Where the Heart Is, Reader X Villager. From the looks of things, Max Punch had sent her two floors up, for down the hall was the adorable abode where Villager roomed with Jigglypuff. Nick Name knew that after a hard day, there was nothing better than having a cup of tea with those two. A friendly gyroid was stationed outside and spun around as she approached. She knocked on the door and let herself in without waiting for a response, as she knew was polite in Animal Crossing culture. Jigglypuff was reading a book, an impressive feat once you consider her arms are like two stubby accidents on either side. Villager was watching a miniature television styled to look like an apple. They looked up when she entered and both smiled kindly. Oh, Jigs. Vil, today has been so awful. Do you think we could have some girl talk? Villager was a dude, but if he took offense, he made no sign of it. Probably because he's mute. While he sat nickname down... Jeez, I'm having fucking, like... My brain is melting. While he sat name down at their pinewood table... Jigglypuff bounced away to fetch her manicure things. Jigglypuff loved painting nails. She was terrible at it. He patted Name's hand with his ball arm and spawned a question mark over his head, prompting her to speak. Today has just been one mess after another. I just know my true love is waiting for me somewhere, but I can't find him. I just want to hug and kiss and put hats on. Villager sweated anxiously to show his sympathy. Jigglypuff returned. 
hopping up on the chair beside Name and offering her a choice of two colors. Name chose red, unscrewed the bottle, and handed it back to her. First I thought I was in love with Pac-Man, but then things got weird at lunch, and then I realized I'm just not into dead people. After that, it's just been one freakish injury after another. I think Little Mac likes me, but he punched me in the butt, and I can't feel my lower body now. Heartbreak, emoted Villager, which she knew meant domestic violence is never okay. This is true. Very true. Jigglypuff whisked the brush back and forth, painting Name's entire hand in fire truck color. Once it was sufficiently coated in goop, she moved on to the second one. Name looked into Villager's black eyes, which stared back unflinchingly, like the abyss in that one quote. She knew Villager would never reject her, understanding she needed his support most right now. She scrunched up her face and focused on summoning a heart emoticon, making her whole body tense to say she loved him platonically or possibly more than platonically in his own language. Mostly she just summoned a sortie of stomach girdles, so Nickname called it a night. Man, I'm really sympathizing with Nickname. We're both emotional disasters who can't find love. It do be like that sometimes. It do be like that sometimes. It had been a long and tiring day, even though it was only about four o'clock. Nickname was already decked out in her PJs and tucking herself into bed. What are you doing? Dark Pit grumbled, sitting crisscross applesauce in his spiky black decal race car bed across the way. I'm going to bed, obviously. Nick nuzzled herself into a pillow. She and Pitu didn't jive. Due to the fourth quarter's large cast, there was no longer enough room to house each brawler, brawler in their own in-company room. So now they paired up. Villager was with Jigglypuff, Marth was with Lucario, Palutena roomed with Pit, and because there was no fourth co-worker from Skyworld, Dark Pit drew the short straw and was stuck with Nick. It's not even dark out yet, he pointed observe he pointlessly observed. It does not matter how bright the sun burns. It shall always be eclipsed by the darkness that is my soul. Nick monologued, quoting page 63 of Patu's horrid It's Not a Diary Poetry Journal. She had found under his bed in a cardboard box with the word Pandora scribbled on it in an angry teenage sharpie. Hey, that's a cool line, he asserted through a voice crack. And I st and stop reading the poem tome. Uh, the poem tome? He pronounced the word poem in a monosyllabic way that made it rhyme with tome, and also made it incredibly stupid. Two was a mess, just like his half of the uh, of their one-room apartment, to kept purposely unkempt for attention. I only read it once, Nick groaned. Those terrible lines will stay with me forever. That just means they're thought-provoking and timeless, Dark Pit said, like he had won. Okay, sure, whatever. Can I read this one? She held up another book that was covered in crayon drawings of barbed wire and frowny faces, warding away any curious toddlers. No, absolutely not, he screeched. Where did you get that? Under your bed, in the same box, you dork. Let's see. Nick cleared her throat. People I secretly don't hate. Palutina, Pitt, Toon Link, and... She stopped short, her eyes as wide as dinner plates topped with heaping helpings of what-the-fuck-pie. It was her name, circled in black crayon. 
which was the only color Pitu could see. Before either of them could react, Shulk popped in dressed in shorts for the company volleyball game that afternoon. I'm really stealing it, Pit! Shulk recruited, grabbing Pitu and zipping out the door. How are you feeling so far, Serge? I mean, I like it. This the story is fun. I like the way it's written because it's like it's it's skirt it's skirting the line of like you know it's a self aware parody and it parodies well. Yeah. Yeah. Name looked back and forth between the open door and the intimate diary in shock a bit longer before deciding she had enough nonsense for one day and merely fell back on the bed, letting the notebook hit the floor. She let herself descend into a long and restless sleep. When she awoke, it was dark outside. The clock read an impressive 6 p.m. Name supposed she could take a break from her R&R and go get dinner. Oh boy, tonight was nothing night. Nothing night was alright. It was the night where they didn't serve you anything. Mostly people went out to eat. Though there were always the few with nothing better to do but beg for others' scraps. And she was happy to count herself among these this number. She brought her empty food tray to Ike's Steak Mountain and hoped he was in a good mood today. <clears throat> Hello, Ike. Name said politely, ulterior motives on display like a Boy Scout badge. What do you want there, short female one? Ike seldom had time for remembering people's names unless he was angry at them. So everyone except Marth was referred to as a series of adjectives. Fortunately, Name had been practicing her starving orphan face in the mirror every morning just for times like these. She gave him her most tragic pouted lips, and froggiest eyes. Well, I didn't have anything for dinner tonight, and I saw you had all those meats in your pile. I'm sure if you could find it in your heart to... Sorry, female. You'll get no sympathy from me. I need these steaks to assert my dominance. But that was just not fair. Kirby thought so too, and protested from where he was sitting. Poyo! Poyo, 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 Poyo! cried Kirby, getting up to join her. Poyo, Poyo, Poyo! Though a name had no idea what it meant, it sounded really compelling. She contributed a, yeah, just to get his point across. Cease your nonsense, speak, confusing disembodied pink object, Ike roared. Kirby left in defiance, began to inhale the steak pile. Steaks flew towards him and piled in his cheeks like a hamster's. No, said Ike, as the mound began to topple, taking him along with it. Name took the opportunity to grab one of the stakes, sliding down the side before the radiant hero could grab his sword and swat the two of them away. Fools! Those stakes are not for eating! Name turned to thank Kirby for his help with a kiss on the cheek, but at that moment Kirby swallowed his bounty and assumed the form of a mutant screaming stake that skittered away. Turned into an SCP. Also, Ike goes on Reddit. Ike totally goes on Reddit. He has a neckbeard. Like... Man says, I fight for my friends. How do we not know if those friends are just females that he's trying to get with? Never know. Exactly. After medium rare Kirby scuttled out the swinging cafeteria doors, he was quickly replaced by a posse of smashers decked out in sports gear. Zero Suit Samus, Shulk, Little Mac, Sheik, and their leader, Wee Fitness Trainer, strutted into the room. Those five made up the Oth Beats, a group, a, a group, a group of athletes proficient in beatdowns. 
Also, Patu was there. Nick, uh, name groaned. It was never fun to be around the athletes when they were riled up from their games. And from their manner and their stink, it seemed like the volleyball match had gone pretty intense. Man, Mac chortled, Pitu under his beefy arm. You took that ball to the face so many times, bro. Maybe instead of Dark Pit, we should call you Ball Pit. <laughs> Pitu muttered something resentful under his breath. That only made Mac laugh harder. Name furrowed her brow. If anything else, if anyone else assigned a dumb nickname on her watch, the sparks were going to fly. We almost had you girls this time, Mac boasted to Weefu and Samus. Four on two isn't fair. We'll have to recruit someone else to our team and make it five. You down, Ike? Ike did not respond. He was busy sobbing manly tears over the loss of his stakes, as these were Fire Emblem brand stakes. Once they died, they were dead forever. Ha <laughs> man, classic Ike. We don't need Ike. Sheik scoffed. Us guys are more than enough to take the girls down if we train hard enough, right? Sheik was Zelda with some gauze strapped on her face, and literally everyone knew it. But it was too awkward to say anything, so everyone just went along with it. Weefu? <clears throat> take a break. Eat a healthy and balanced diet to regenerate your strength. Weefu suggested, gesturing towards the lunch line chock full of F-tier smashers in line for nothing. Oh, hello there, name. Weefu talked in a way that was somehow condescending but not condescending enough to call her out on it, and name it hated that. She also hated her perfect, sculpted, porcelain abs. How's a girl supposed to compete? Sup? She tried to be intimidating but looked more like she was trying out for a bad music video. Hey, name, Mac tried to cross his arms like he hadn't punched her butt earlier that day, but he forgot he was still holding Patu's head in his arms, who was now being crushed between Mac, uh, Mac's biceps. That's going to be another hate chapter in the poem tome. Hi. Samus waved. Samus was pretty cool. She could easily beat all four of the boys on her own in any sport, and all five of them on days where Weefu woke up as a man. Weefu is the kind of representation I am looking for. That's all I'm saying. It was about a 50-50 shot each day. Name figures she should warm up to Weefu now and wait for the switch. Keep eating that nothing. You're looking especially fat today. Weefu said. Okay, never mind. I think we've read this one, the uh, Ganondorf one. Did we? I think we did. I feel like we did. Let's uh, let's move on then. Shell of a guy, Reader X Bowser. Name followed Marth's lead and led herself to the non-Ganon section of the library and plopped herself down at a table. Marth himself took his book and tried to find the quietest part of the non-Lucina section and failed miserably. She trotted right behind Marth with sparkles in her eyes, trying desperately to get her ancestor to notice her. Unlike Sheik, no one quite knew what Lucina's deal was. She spent most of her time trying to hang out with Marth, who was always cosplaying him for some reason. It was nice to remember sometimes that name wasn't the bottom of the exploding barrel. Two of the Koopalings whose 
Names like she couldn't remember dashed between bookshelves, playing a game that involved throwing books at each other. Bowser hurriedly chased after them, cleaning up their messes. He began fervently apologizing to Marth, whom Larry, or was it Ludwig, had just crashed into. Bowser was a good man. He did his best to raise a series of setuplets that some woman he had never met dropped on his doorstep one day, claiming they were his children. He still paid alimony every month, a fact that harshly cut into his King Koopa fund, which explained the low-budget clown cars and the failed kidnappings. He did his best to make sure that Bowser Jr., his actual son, was treated no better than the rest of his adopted children. Wendy, the girl one name recalled, smacked into Marth again from the other direction, knocking him over with a satisfying clunk. Lucina quickly rushed to his aid before Marth popped up, dusted off his cape, grabbed his book, and strutted out the door. This is Marth. Uh, oh. Sorry. Where I come from, we slay unruly dragons. I'll have you know. Name always forgot that Marth was pretty old and actually kind of racist. Lucina trotted after him, apologizing to head librarian Sandbag for the ruckus. Sandbag led her off with a condescending stare. Huh. It seemed everyone was pretty messed up in this company. Least of all, name herself. She needed someone like Bowser to set her straight. He was strong and caring, pretty tall. His eyebrows were also kind of traffic cone-ish, but as Mama first name always said, <laughs> true beauty is inside the shell. The usual tactic is going after the frazzled, divorced, too many kids sitcom dad was to cozy up to their first spawn first. She found one of them tearing pages out of a pop-up book, wearing sunglasses inside for some reason. <clears throat> hey there, Morton. What are you doing? She asked sweetly. My name's Roy, lady, spat the sunglasses one. All right, maybe this was the wrong approach. Perhaps Name should try the Lucina method. If nothing else, Marth literally couldn't ignore her. Name applied some of the Jigglypuff nail polish that had been on her hands for the last few hours into a makeshift 120 die. Roll Bowser costume. Bowser seemed confused. Name immediately realized this was a dumb idea. Sitcom wife wasn't really her anyways. How would you feel if someone came up to you in cosplay? Just, But it's like cosplay of you, and they're just constantly trying to get your attention. I wouldn't be down for that. <laughs> You're saying that you don't want somebody to run up to you dressed in a, uh, a red uh, Shinkenger outfit with a, uh, with a short like black wig? And they, uh, that would be creepy. Why, why, why are you dressing up like me? <laughs> are you sure you don't want uh, Sergio cosplay? Is that not on the? Is that not on the block? That uh, Sergio cosplay to get my attention is not on the. It's pro. The it's profitable though. Think of it. It'll be profitable. It's the the steal his look meme on the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> he'd steal his look so he could get his attention. All right. Shining star again. Reader X Rosie. The table where the two princesses sat looked a little more inviting. Rosalina and Peach were awful nice, and Name could use a break from her association with brawlers of the male persuasion. They both gushed over copies of the same book, flashy autobiography. Luma sat on a pile of hardcovers, simply content to be a part of the scene, as always. Name. 
said Peach when she approached. Peach and Rosalina dressed in matching camisoles and pajama pants in each usual in each's usual color. Peachy. Hey, PP. Name answered, using what was frankly one of her weaker nicknames. Rosalina flourished her delicate fingers to show them off. What do you think? Asked Rosalina. Her nails had Jigglypuff's unmistakable touch. Those sure are yellow. Name said, mill the roadly. What are you guys looking at? The two looked at each other and sighed dreamily. It's Douglas Falcon's autobiography. Peach said, as though this meant something. We simply adore Mr. Falcon. Rosie added. She let some of the hair fall in her face. But Peach already has a, has got a suitor, and well, I'm just too sad to talk to anybody. Luma made a sad chirrup and floated over to pat her on the head. She took him in her arms. Name laughed. You came to the right girl, then. She said proudly. I happen to be an expert on picking up guys. I'll teach you everything I know. Oh, would you really? Rosalina's face lit up like a mosquito lamp. That would be wonderful. Yeah, I'll pretend to be Captain Falcon, and you can practice your smooth moves on me. Name struck a pose to emphasize that she was Captain Falcon. Oh, well. The princess cleared her throat, as though a very sexy beetle was about to crawl out of it and lay eggs. How do you do? She asked rather huskily. Very well, and you? Name tried to get into it, but man, did this not make her moist. Simply wonderful, now that you're here. Rosalina looked away. Mr. Falcon. Well. Well. Go ahead. Well, little lady. Na- a man voiced. How would you like to come to my room later tonight and show me your moves? You suck! Said Toon Link. And this was, uh, I feel like this should probably be our last chapter. We got through quite a bit. All right. Number 14. Excuse me, princess. Redirect Zelda. The telltale rhyme dong of the library intercom that signaled closing time cut through the room. Name looked up in mild surprise. Despite Toon Link's constant jeers, the three girls had really gotten into the role playing, and it seems they had lost track of time. Library patrons slowly shuffled back out into the company lobby via the glass double door entrance. Sandbag gave each of them a stare that meant, Thanks for browsing, come again. Name always wondered how sad Sandbag actually pressed the intercom button, but that was a mystery for another day. The trio of girls exited the library in front of Bowser, Bowser's brood. Bowser thanked Sandbag for putting up with them and gave a passing nod to Peach in a futile attempt at being neighborly before getting into the shipping elevator to take his kids to bed. Peach and Rosie thanked Name again and gushed over her obvious talent with the fellas. She declined their invitation to watch the captain training in the gym with them. They fritted off, giggling at Rosie's romantic prospects. We'd better be quick, said Peach. It's almost bedtime. Those two never stayed up past ten. The E rating practically oozed from them. Name, more of a t- rated T for teenage angst patoo type decided that she had time enough for a cup of something or other before bedtime over at the company cafe across the way 
She walked through the doors of Mama's, a cozy diner of the titular cooking mama had rented a ways back in efforts to raise her chances of being hired as a quarterly newcomer to no avail. Name waved at Mama behind the counter. Mama smiled back. Link and Zelda, in regular garb, were sitting in a booth, evidently on one of their sad excuses for a date. Zelda called Name over the moment she saw her. Oh, here we go. Name rolled her eyes. Hey, guys, she said, walking over and trying her best not to sit down and make this a long-term thing. Nay, I'm so glad to see you. Sit down, sit down. Link was just telling me the funny story. The funniest story. He wasn't. Link looked at Name helplessly and improvised some noises to convince Name that this couple had any chemistry whatsoever. Each series' incarnation had a failed relationship. Haha, <laughs> isn't he great? Zelda said. Can you excuse me a moment? Zelda stood up and led herself to the bathroom. A few suspiciously long minutes of what Link called a conversation later, Sheik emerged and immediately began flirting with Name. Zelda was as gay as the day was long, and everyone knew it. Link put up with this because he only spoke in screams and knew he couldn't do any better. Man, I hope Link gets into a better relationship, man. Yeah. Poor man's. Poor, poor man's. Maybe someday he'll learn how to speak. Yeah. I'm really hoping that the day that he speaks, it's finally like it like he, he goes to speak and it's just like the most normal ass voice you could possibly imagine. Like he, he goes for like a guttural scream and he just goes, nice weather we're having today, aren't we? Oh, yeah. Could you uh, imagine maybe- doing that just in game? <laughs> Maybe in the uh, that uh, untitled sequel to Legend of Zelda: Breath of the Wild. Uh, yes. Uh, the I don't even. I'm trying to think of like a, a funny haha for or for the joke of Breath of the Wild. I'm I'm like, I don't know. I'm genuinely surprised that we haven't got more info on Breath of the Wild, but I, I'm hoping that eventually, Jello Apocalypse updates this. Uh, magnum opus of a fan fiction to include all of the new characters from ultimate i think that'd be cool i mean it's been was the 25th oh God, it's been seven years since this was posted dude i feel old now oh, yeah, yeah. I, still, I, I still remember the yomacon i went to where they were there and i learned about this oh jeez. I, 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 i'm feeling myself like getting grayer by the minute that, that, that probably wasn't 2015 or 2014 uh, it was or whenever oh, no. the Wii U was around, basically. Oh well, it would have had to have been 2015 because Yomacon is a Halloween weekend, and this was published in 2015. Ah, was this? Yeah, so it probably was 2016, maybe. I think I was a freshman. Um, either freshman or sophomore. So yeah, around around then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to like piece it together because I I don't imagine that they would upload the fan fiction. Of like this, like same year as the con, unless they had like a lot of work done. So, I I mean, if it if 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 it is Yomacon twenty fifteen that I'm thinking about, uh, that would have lined up because they would have finished the fanfic uh the following month. Oh, wow. Okay, then yeah, maybe maybe it's a possibility. Uh, it's always a possibility to have that sort of thing. 
I'm here. Nope. Like, I, I, I just want to know what, how they would handle like the Belmonts. Yeah, I. Uh, there was also the 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 con where I found out about Light and Dark Yagami, um, the Adventures of Dark Yagami. At least I think, I think that's it. If, if we keep reading it and we get to the person with the, the the death note that they tattoo on, like they tattoo on their skin and their skin is the death note, uh, then I'll know that that was what they were talking about. Jesus, okay. This is something that we're going to have to explore. We're going to have to revisit Light and Dark Yagami again. Maybe I've been gaslighting myself. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a logical thing, though. Like, the whole, like, tattoo the death note and you become the death note thing. Like, that, I feel like that is something that you'd probably see in a bad fan fiction. Oh, yeah. I, it, it's definitely out there somewhere. If anybody's listening and, and if you've read the rest of Light and Dark Yagami and you can confirm or if I'm completely wrong and it's in a different fanfic, please link it. <laughs> yeah. Are you having your Mandela effect right now? Well, because did... my, my, my search for that like topic led me to Light and Dark. And I was like, this is like the most famous like bad Death Note fanfic. So it has to be it. And I know he's written other ones two like in the same like universe so it's probably in one of those jesus man you know what i want to see i want to see some like more self-insert fan fictions but they're like all in a cinematic universe i want to see it yeah the crisis Uh, of infinite nicknames they're called um yeah, it's like it's 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 like it's like a multiversal crossover of the same person who was self-inserted into a bunch of different franchises. Yeah, and like it all it all culminates together as she teams up with her many many boyfriends to fight Dairy Styles. Oh wait, oh wait, Th- think about this: clones. Somebody gets like cloned like ten times, and then they all get like hit with a truck isekai'd into the same universe. <laughs> they just get hit with the truck isekai. Yeah, <laughs> like 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 this like this person like uh like like they get cloned and they're like all right, I got the clones. If something happens, they all die and they're all isekai'd into the same world, but they don't realize it right away. Like they were all they were all put into like different places and they meet up and then they quickly realize that they're the same person. That would be such a weird twist, and I really want to see it happen now. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, reading just a normal self-insert fan fiction with, like, a like a whole cast of characters and all these different characters, and it's like, okay, well, I'm going to get a harem by the end of this. And it's like, no, you've just been experiencing it in different points of view from other versions of you. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, here, here's a... Uh... Okay, here's a here's a self-insert idea, fanfic idea. A character from an existing fictional work gets isekai'd into another one, but this isn't made clear to you, the reader. You have to read and figure out who who the character is that got isekai'd into this world. Like, so it's just it's just like vaguely all these like popular characters my, are just like something's off. I can't quit put my finger on it. Like 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 let's say like like Anakin Skywalker gets self inserted into like uh fucking um what's the song we could put him in um something that makes sense that like logically makes sense that you could probably see him in. Uh, let's just for the joke. Let's say he gets self he gets self inserted into like, uh, let's say he gets gets put into war from Star Trek. 
so, so, so it's like a Star Trek TNG fanfiction. You're aware that Worf has isekai to somebody, but you can't put your finger on it. And then like halfway through, you're like, oh my god. That's Anakin Skywalker. So wait, let me get this straight. So the conscious of this like per- of of Warp, if that's his name, right? Yeah, Worf. Worf. So the conscious of Anakin Skywalker is inside of Worf? Yes. But you aren't you are, you are under the you, you know that this that, that that somebody has supplanted Worf, but you're not told this. It's like a mystery. You got to figure out what fictional character is taking their spot. <laughs> Okay, like flat out, I genuinely want to see this. If somebody can write a pro- like take this prompt and write into it a fan fiction, uh, no cap, we will read this on the podcast. That is, it is such a stupid and funny idea, and I really want to see it. <laughs> Ahsoka Tano gets gets replaced. One of the Ruby girls gets replaced with Ahsoka Tano. Okay, but consider the following, right? Yeah, it's a like a Star Wars character. Like it's the, it's like Star Wars going through the whole trilogy. But the entire time, uh, Luke Skywalker has been supplanted by Anakin Skywalker. Or, or, or this, Ray, Ray gets gets uh, gets replaces a character in something, and she keeps going on about how she's got like this great destiny, and she keeps like trying to like usurp the main character status, <laughs> and she's like so, something is like 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 I, I can't shake this feeling that something is supposed to come my way, and they're just like, what are you talking about? <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Like, oh, God, we're trying to think of, like, other wacky fucking dumb shit that would happen because, like, you're just taking another character and supplanting them into someone else. This would like, be too uh, obvious, but 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 put Duke Nukem, Duke Nukem's personality in the body of anyone from anything. It would be so funny. <laughs> okay, genuinely, I think that we need to write that as a fan fiction and just throw that into one of our panels uh, for Colossal Con if we can. Because I, I really want to confuse people. Like, it's it's super obvious that it's Duke Nukem, but every time he talks, it's like, it's Master Chief. It's Master Chief the entire time. And, like... <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine if it was a Dragon Ball? Like, he, like, 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 like Duke Nukem was just Frieza. <laughs> that's, that's him! That's Frieza! And Goku turns around, and there's Frieza. I'm here to kick ass and chew bubblegum. And I'm all out of gum. The whole time he's just trying to like, hit, like, like his his goals change, and he's just trying to to bang Vel. I have to say Velma, Bulma. No. Okay, well now we've added into another crossover where we replace two characters from different series. <laughs> Bulma is replaced by Velma. No, yeah, oh, oh my, fanfic some property all of the characters have been switched out personality wise with with different characters from different medias. <laughs> Okay, pitch. All right, I got a crazy pitch. All right. Okay. Scooby Doo, but Scooby is replaced with Duke Nukem. <laughs> Rut row. <laughs> it's time to kick ass and chew bubblegum. Oh man, gonna, or I'm... just like, like I want like a, it's like a Scooby Doo fan fiction, but the culprit is revealed to be a another fictional character that was supplanted in there. I'm gonna Scooby Dooby Doo all over those titties. <laughs> okay, I think that's a good closing point. Let's not talk about <laughs> Scooby Doo and titties. Scooby Dooing. Well, yeah, Scooby Dooing. For those of you who saw us at Ohio Con, hello. Thank you for listening to the podcast. We greatly appreciate it, and we hope that you enjoyed this very special episode of just the two of us 
Google, like giggling over sweaty angle and talking about dumb fan fiction self inserts. And also, I hope that you enjoyed the panels. If you did enjoy the panels, please make sure to let OhioCon know that you'd really like to see us again because uh, that goes a long way. It really does. Oh, yes. Tell all your friends about us. And with that, we love you. We love you. Purely platonically. Of course. Or 